Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. All right, good morning, everyone. How are you doing? Amen. I am, I am excited. So I had planned to come to church Wednesday night. But it was a difficult week. Many of you know that I've been um, helping my nieces with some things that they're going through. They both live here locally. And there were some things that happened this week with my nieces, they're 23, that were difficult. You know, sometimes when you're facing life and death situations, it's traumatic. It's, it's really traumatic. And so um, Tuesday was hard, Wednesday was hard. 5.30 p.m. Wednesday afternoon, I was in my bed. My husband came home. I didn't even eat dinner with him. I took dinner to the bed because I was just done. So I piled up all my school books. I was ready to live stream the service in the bed, 5.30 p.m. That was it. And I was, you know, tired, worn out, exhausted, but, you know, midnight came, was not asleep. 1, p- 1 a.m. came, was not asleep because I was wrestling. I was wrestling over, you know, how do I handle some of these situations? God, I need wisdom, and I have to preach on Sunday. And I was wrestling, what am I gonna preach on? And I had been through some situations too that had undermined my confidence. You know, and and what you see up here is like probably 1% Lisa and 99% Holy Spirit. But there was something coming in that was just blocking that Holy Spirit revelation. And it was because I felt like I needed to be someone other than who God created me to be. And I was struggling. So 2 a.m., there's a verse, it should be on your handout, Zechariah, Zechariah 4, 6, and, yes, 4, 6, and 7. And this is the prophet speaking about the rebuilding of the temple that's going on. The temple was destroyed by by the Babylonians. Their way of worship was destroyed. So he's talking about this situation where Zerubbabel and Joshua and some other people, they're rebuilding the temple, but there's opposition. And, you know, the temple's destroyed. It's a big mess. Where do you even start? And so the prophet says, then he, he's referring to the angel of the Lord, said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, saying, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of armies. And I believe this next part, he's prophesying to the whole mess of having to rebuild the temple and the mess, the destruction. What are you, you great mountain Before Zerubbabel, you will become a plain, and he will bring out the top stone with shouts of grace, grace to it. So at two o'clock in the morning, Brian's next to me sleeping, and in my mind, I'm saying, grace, grace. I am shouting down the situations, grace, grace. The situations with my nieces, grace. The situation with my servant, grace. Like, I'm, I'm not a shouter. But in my head, I was shouting grace, grace to the mountains. I was prophesying grace, grace. What is grace? It is God's empowering presence, his spirit. Grace, grace, grace. Not by might, 
not by my own strength, not by human wisdom, not by power, not by any ability or skill or education I've attained, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And the next morning, seven o'clock, wrote the whole, finished the whole sermon in an hour, had the handout sent to Pat, didn't look at it for three days. I was, it was like, grace, grace. It was war, but by God's spirit. So what we're gonna talk about today is I wanna look at the difference between Holy Spirit, how he acted, how he, um, not behaved, but the way he worked in the Old Testament. Because from the beginning of time until the end of time, his nature is the same. He does not change. But the way he acted in the people in the Old Testament and the way he acts through us today is very different. And Pastor Tom said Wednesday night as I'm laying there in my bed listening, watching the live stream, he said, you can't live this life without Holy Spirit. You can't, and so what we're gonna look at today is how Holy Spirit worked through people in the Old Testament, how he worked through Jesus, and then what the promise is for us today. So his nature is the same. The way he acted, you're gonna see it's different because they were under the Old Covenant, and we are under a New Covenant, and there are so many amazing promises that God made about how he was gonna pour out his spirit on all flesh, and that's what we get to experience today. So in general, I'm gonna teach you a very academic word because I'm a nerd, y'all. I am just a nerd, I, I just, I am. In high school, in the superlatives, senior superlatives, I was voted most studious. Most studious. I've, out of all 500 students, they thought Lisa Morgan studied the most. Most studious. My father, when he was in high school, most studious. So I come from a line of people that study and then want to teach. But I've been taking a course called pneumatology. So ology means the study of. Pneuma is the Greek word in the New Testament for spirit. It can mean wind, it can mean breath. We use it to refer to Holy Spirit. So right now my class is pneumatology. We are studying Holy Spirit. And really I was supposed to be taking another class right now to graduate next spring. But this was the last time this course is offered. And when class starts, you know, usually we have these online classes and the professors are very, you know, academic. When my class starts, he's playing music and he's going, come Holy Spirit. And my, pastor, my teacher is singing, you know, rain down in your presence. He's singing along, he's prophesying, he's shouting. And I'm like, I had Brian come up Wednesday night. I was like, look at this. It is a class that believes in the power of Holy Spirit. Amen. And it's just been amazing. Amen. So let's look in the Old Testament. And I believe as I teach you the word of God, Hebrews 4.12, right? The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. I believe as we look at the word of God today, there's just gonna be firebombs that is gonna hit your heart with the illumination of the Holy Spirit, and you're gonna go, oh, aha, that's what that means. That's how he works. That's what he can do for me. So in the Old Testament, they didn't have Jesus they didn't have that promise of the Holy Spirit, but when the Holy Spirit showed up, he equipped individuals to perform a specific task. 
kind of a one-time job. It could be endowing an artisan, someone who made things. It could be giving wisdom to a judge. Could be giving wisdom to a king, words to a prophet or a priest to perform certain functions or tasks. So it's temporary. When they were building the tent of meeting in Exodus 31, there's a lot of scripture today and all the references should just be little on your handout so you can look it up later. And we will turn to a few. Exodus 31, three through five says, and I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all kinds of craftsmanship to create artistic designs for work in gold and silver and in bronze and in the cutting of stones for settings. So the Holy Spirit can endow artisans can give them wisdom, can endow construction workers and plumbers, can endow people with supernatural wisdom to know how to do things. So if you're working in a job where you're working with your hands, the Holy Spirit can give you wisdom to know how to do things. And I tell you what, when the heating and air guy comes and fixes my air conditioning, I'm like, praise the Lord that you know how to do that. Holy Spirit gives us wisdom. Micah 3.8, so a lot of times in the, when the Holy Spirit would come on the prophets, I think it's in Ezekiel, like one chapter it says, and the Holy Spirit came upon him. And a few chapters later, it'll say, and the Holy Spirit came upon him. And a few chapters later, and the Holy Spirit came upon him. It was not a permanent deal. But uh, Micah 3.8, Micah says, I am filled with power with the spirit of the Lord and with justice and courage to make known his rebellious act and to Israel his sin. And what you'll see in scripture is when you see that the Holy Spirit is coming upon someone, next it's gonna tell you to do this. It's not just for them to fall out on the floor and shake and laugh and be touched. It is to perform a specific task. Now those things are fun. And it does sometimes encourage us and equip us and heal us. But the Holy Spirit comes on people. If you're down there and Holy Spirit's healing you on the floor, it's because he wants to use you to do something else. It's not just for us, it's for others. It's always for others. The Holy Spirit can give leadership to govern. If you're in business, if you're a teacher, if you are in leadership in any way, the Holy Spirit can give you wisdom. So back in when Moses was leading the Israelites, you know, out of Egypt, they're in the wilderness for 40 years, leadership is hard stuff. And he got tired. So God told him to gather 70 of the elders of Israel. And Numbers eleven seventeen says, I will take of the spirit who is upon you and will put him upon them, and they shall bear the burden of the people with you. So the Holy Spirit empowers people to be leaders. And praise the Lord, praise the Lord, Holy Spirit is empowering the leaders in this church, the leaders in our city, the people he is raising up to be leaders. It's all from Holy Spirit. That's why I'm like, I'm like this up here is like .0001 Lisa, and like .9999 Holy Spirit. It's like I'm just an imp, and the Holy Spirit is the rest. So we have to give him glory for that. 
So in Judges, God raised up individuals called judges who were energized and enabled by his spirit. So there were enemies. There were enemies that were coming against Israel and God would raise up judges who would go to war. God would give them wisdom. We often think of Gideon. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna grab this. There was a scripture I was looking at this morning that is not on your handout. But in Judges 6, how am I gonna do this? All right, I'm moving, guys. I'm gonna sit on the floor or sit on the stage. A big heavy Bible. Judges 6, verse 14. Yeah. It says, and the, this is speaking about Gideon. And the Lord looked at him and said, go in this your strength and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? And he, Gideon said to him, O Lord, how shall I deliver Israel? Behold, my family is least in Manasseh and I am the youngest in my father's house. But the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you and you shall defeat Midian as one man. So jump over to verse 34. It says, so the, and who does it say came upon Gideon? The spirit of the Lord. The spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and he blew a trumpet and the Abiezrites were called together to follow him. So the, the Holy Spirit chooses people that seem the least qualified they may be struggling socially. They may not be the most educated. They may not be the most eloquent. I mean, y'all, 90% of the time, I'm like a ditzy airhead. <laughs> I am often, and it's really funny. Like, I enjoy it. It makes my life fun. You know, I am God's sense of humor. We have a great time. Like, when I'm supposed to hit the button in my car to put it in reverse, I know I'm supposed to touch a button, so I hit the off button and the car just shuts off and I'm just like, oh Lord. But God can choose the least likely people and then his Holy Spirit can come upon them and he can do great things. And just imagine if God in the Old Testament could do great things just by his spirit resting on someone, how much more, how much more can he do through us even if you're like Gideon, if you're, the handout says um, Yahweh picked men and women to be his agents. Most of them were very ordinary people, often with two strikes against them socially, but endowed with God's spirit. They were enabled to carry out his holy purposes. That's like me, a lot of times I struggle to find my words and even sometimes I'll say, Pastor Tom, what's the word? Or I'll say, Brian, what's the word? And thank God, Bishop, last week I think there was a point when you said, what's the word? <laughs> when you were preaching and I was like, oh, I'm not the only one. But sometimes at home I'll struggle to find my words and then I get up here and I'm like, who is this person and where did she come from? It's the Holy Spirit. So the things that God has called you to do may seem impossible for you to do with your own education, your abilities, the way you think, your family situation, your economics, but with Holy Spirit, you can do anything God wants you to do. Anything, anything. 
Oh, it just went off. So, for example, I was taking this course this spring and it was about looking at your mission and your vision and, and your gifting and so you had to kind of plan out a vision for your ministry. So I had you stop and just sit and think like, what things do you see yourself doing that just fill you up with joy? And my first thought was, just give me a microphone. <laughs> I wanna speak, I wanna preach, I wanna teach. And I do, like, if I were honest, it is fun to be up front and to talk, because I love to talk and y'all have to listen to me, and I just love it that there are like people that get to sit and listen to me. My family members would say, yeah, she likes to talk and we have to listen. But I love, like today what I'm teaching you is the nature of the Holy Spirit. God has given me a burning passion to teach people about his character and his nature, and that's through his word. The second thing I was in this, you know, vision casting, I was speaking Spanish. And I have this deep passion to learn Spanish. At three in the morning, I'm listening to Spanish worship music. You know, binga, Espiritu Santo, binga. And um, I'm glad most of y'all don't know Spanish because every week I learn insults for Pastor Willie. I learn insults. My tutor and I work on insults for Pastor Willie, and it's really fun. He loves it. I told him this week he's the only person like, in my family when my kids were little, we didn't say shut up. Like We never said shut up. We did not say it. I don't think I've ever said it to Brian in 27 years of marriage. Pastor Willie is the only person in my life that I'll say, shut up. Cállate, cállate. So it's really fun. But so in this vision, first of all, I'm speaking. Secondly, I'm speaking in Spanish. And then God was putting in my heart, you know, am I in the U.S. or somewhere else? Y'all, I'm somewhere else. The thought that just gives me the most joy is I'm traveling, which is funny because two and a half years ago, I was afraid to fly. And since then, I counted up last night, I think I've been on about um, two dozen flights. My son moved to Wisconsin, four flights each way. <laughs> I've been up there six times. I love to fly now. I just love it. And so God has put in my heart, and I'm working with Pastor Tom and Peyton and Julie, Lisa is leading a missions trip to Costa Rica next year. It's a small team. I only want women because you know, I'm learning the ropes. You guys, I love you, but I just don't want to have to learn how to do this with men. I just, I'm just making it easier for me. So a small team of women, Lisa, who until two years ago had never been out of the country and who was terrified to fly, I'm leading a team. Like, now there was a night a couple weeks ago, I was laying in my bed and listening to my Spanish podcast, and I just really started to panic because it was like, I know nothing. I don't know about vaccines, I don't know about buying tickets, I don't know, I don't know anything. And then the devil started telling me, nobody's gonna help you. Like that's, when I look at one of the main fears in my life, it's that nobody's gonna help me. Because my love language is acts of service. Like if you wanna show me love, then you know, like Brian does, he does the laundry. That's how I like to be loved, amen, <laughs> like help me. So then the devil's like, nobody's gonna help you. Pastor Tom's too busy, Pastor Nils is too busy. And praise the Lord, where's Jan, Ricky? Jan, Ricky came alongside me, brought, she like set up a planning meeting. She's helping me, she's made a Google document with you know, things that we need to think about. We've already planned the meals. So what I'm saying is, 
At times I look in the natural and I think, this is insane. Like this is insane, a little four foot 10 woman leading a team of, like four months ago, I was like, God, I don't wanna be a leader. And I've even told Jan, you know, if you wanna lead it, you can. <laughs> you can be the chief, I'll be the Indian. But God has given me a desire to go and I really feel in my heart, it's the first of many. As long as my husband's in agreement. It's the first of many trips because there's no other way God just aligned everything. But like Gideon, I'm like, me, Lord? I know nothing about this. But then I look in the scriptures and see how God anointed leaders in the days of old. And now the Holy Spirit lives in me. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and strength. All the gifts of the spirit are available to me. All the fruit of the spirit, which includes peace. All of those things are available to me and to you to help you to do what just seems crazy. People will say, that's crazy. What are you thinking? That's insane, you could never do that. No, 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 God takes the foolish, foolish things of the world to confound the wise. That's what he enjoys doing. Okay, let's look at King David because he was a little different. 1 Samuel 16, 13. This is where he was anointed. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. So in the Old Testament, David is the only person that it says that the spirit actually rested on him and remained. It enabled him to go to war, it enabled him to plan the temple. It enabled him to rule. So he was somewhat like a, a prototype, an example of how the Holy Spirit would act in Jesus' life. So he was an example of the Holy Spirit staying upon him from that day forward. And we know that he prophesied, he wrote so many of the Psalms. So in the Old Testament, with the exception of David, the Holy Spirit's presence was occasional, sporadic, temporary. So let's start to turn our gaze um, to Jesus. If you'll turn with me to Isaiah 11. Isaiah 11, verse one. So in the Old Testament, you probably know there are many messianic prophecies that point to Jesus. And Isaiah 11 is one of these. Verse one, then a shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. This is referring to Jesus in the future. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Now, so first that's the equipping. These verses will say first, what's the equipping? Just like in Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. And then he says all the things he's anointed to do. So the second half in this passage, verse three, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what his eyes see 
Gosh, we need that. Nor make decisions by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he will judge the poor and decide with fairness for the humble of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. So God puts his spirit upon Jesus. If you do some study in Luke chapter one and chapter two, there's all kinds of activity of the Holy Spirit surrounding the birth of Jesus. You know, first of all, the angel says to Mary that that this child is not coming by natural means, but the Spirit of the Lord will overshadow you. Jesus' birth came from the Holy Spirit. And then there were prophecies that were given by, let me make sure I say it right, Zechariah and and Simeon. They prophesied about Jesus. And Mary even, you know, rejoiced in the Lord. So all around Jesus' birth, with these people associated with Jesus, the Holy Spirit was active. But it was still temporary and occasional. Like, well, it did say that um, John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit from birth, which I think is really fascinating. From birth, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. So let's look at Jesus. Turn with me to Mark 1. And this is um, the story of when Jesus was baptized. And it's in all four Gospels, which shows how important it is. Mark 1, verse 9. It says, In those days Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opening, just like we sang today. Heaven come, and the spirit like a dove descending upon him, and a voice came from the heavens, you are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. So my question, did the Holy Spirit come upon Jesus here in a temporary nature, or was it permanent? What do you think? It rests, I heard somebody say it rested on him. He got it all, right? So John 1, turn with me to John 1. John 1, 32. John has a lot to say about the Holy Spirit. John 1, 32. And John testified saying, I have seen the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven and he remained on him. You get a gold star. He remained. He rested. And then John, if you'll jump ahead to John 3, 34, it says, For the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For God gives the Spirit without limit. Some translations say without measure. So when the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, There was no limit to what Jesus could do. All the seven spirits of God from Isaiah were available to him. All the gifts of the spirit in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12. All of the leadership gifts in Ephesians 4. All the fruit of the spirit. Where is that? Galatians 6? Galatians 5. Jesus had access to it all because the spirit was given to him without measure, without limit. 
So when the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus following his baptism, it, it enabled him to fulfill his ministry and his mission, and it was a continuous presence. So we're gonna look at just a couple examples of how the Holy Spirit worked in Jesus. There's some debate, you know, is, does the Holy Spirit work the same way in us? But I believe if we ask Holy Spirit to fill us without measure, he will. Because uh, in uh, John, what is it? Somewhere, <laughs> it says that there will be rivers of living water coming out of us, like John 8, somewhere in that, that area. Look it up, Google it, rivers of living water, you'll find it. That's what I have to do. Acts 10, 38, I don't have, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit can bring references to me like Pastor Tom, <laughs> but he's really good. Acts 10, 38. It starts in verse 37 with, you know. You know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. This is our example of being led by the Holy Spirit. It's not just he's telling me to turn right, turn left. It is living with the Holy Spirit, just totally surrendered. Like today when I'm saying, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come, he's saying, well, what if I come and you don't get to preach? Is that okay with you? Yes, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. Not my will, but yours be done. Come Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. So in Luke, let's turn to Luke 4, because I just want to show you a couple things that Jesus did with that continual anointing of the Holy Spirit. So after the Holy Spirit led him into the desert to be tempted, and that's another sermon that we won't go into today. Luke 4, 14, after Jesus was victorious, it says, and Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through all the surrounding region, and he began teaching in the, their synagogues and was praised by all. So in his teaching, it was filled with power because he was sharing the gospel. Just like Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians, how his word came in the Spirit and with power. It came with power, so God anointed his teaching, his preaching. In Luke 4, 18 and 19, Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to captives, recovery of sight to blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. So again, he says, the spirit is upon me. And then he says, why? He says, what, what is mission? Like, think to yourself, if you just, just said to yourself today, the Spirit is upon me in order to, like, do you know what your blank is? Do you know why Holy Spirit has filled you and is resting upon you? Do you know your mission? Do you know those things that you can't do in your own strength because you might be terrified or you don't know how or you don't have the skills or knowledge or resources, but Holy Spirit says do this. It's the same thing, the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. 
Um, for the sake of time, I'm just gonna tell you the references, Luke 5, 17. It says the power of the Lord was present on Jesus to perform healing. Matthew 12, 28 is where Jesus says, but if I cast out the demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of heaven has come upon you. So the Holy Spirit enabled him to preach, enabled him to heal, enabled him to deliver. So Jesus was full of the Spirit, led by the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit, anointed by the Spirit to preach, heal, and deliver. Now that same Holy Spirit that filled Jesus can fill us. And we can walk. Jesus said we would do greater works because he goes to the Father. Why did he have to go to the Father? So he could send us the Spirit. I believe that's what Jesus is saying. You're gonna do greater works because I go to the Father. And then there are other scriptures where Jesus says, after I go to the Father, I'll send you the Spirit. Jesus says we can do greater works because, well, first he's gonna die on the cross, defeat evil, send us Holy Spirit, and he's gonna empower us. We can do greater works. There was one thing that I read in my reading. Um, it said, he, Jesus, he, referring to Jesus, could never feel the lack of any gift of the Holy Spirit. Like, can you imagine knowing, okay, the seven spirits of God, all the wisdom and counsel and knowledge, it's all here. I can walk in discernment, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, gifts of miracles. I can walk in prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Did I get them all, Pastor Tom? Because I've been paying attention when I'm sitting in prayer ministry with you. <laughs> Pastor Tom's so good, I'm learning. And then all the fruit of the Spirit, and then the other spiritual gifts, like every spiritual gift Jesus needed. He just knew it was there. Available, available. So John 16, John 14 and 16 is where Jesus starts to tell his disciples, hey, I'm going away, but I'm not gonna leave you alone. I'm gonna send you the helper. Some translations say advocate, counselor, the spirit of truth. John 16, seven says, but I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I'm leaving, for if I don't leave, the helper will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. So we need the Holy Spirit for salvation. Brian and I were discussing this this morning. It's kind of like what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Does the Holy Spirit lead us to believe in Jesus who fills us with the Spirit? or does? I don't know all the answers to that, but I do know that without the Holy Spirit revealing the truth to our hearts, we would not get saved. We would not be sanctified we would, the scripture would just be dead to us because there would be nobody to teach us. Holy Spirit teaches us what the scripture says. We need the Holy Spirit. So we have those things in our walk with Jesus that the Holy Spirit does for us to mature us so that the Holy Spirit can enable us. It's not just for us to say, oh, I know all the Greek words for this and that, and I know this and I know that. And No, it's so that you can go and do with what you know, with what Holy Spirit is teaching you. So Acts 1, chapter 4. I'm sorry, it's Acts 1, verse 4. I'm just going to read to you when the Holy Spirit came, or what, what Jesus said. 
Gathering them, the disciples together, he, Jesus, commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which, he said, you heard of from me, because Jesus had told his disciples all about Holy Spirit, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now, and you will receive power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Okay, remember I've been telling you, first you see the Holy Spirit comes and then you see the reason why. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. You shall go and tell of Jesus, tell of me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and as far as the remotest parts of the earth. So we see that structure again. The Holy Spirit is upon you. Why? So you can go and be witnesses. Without any lack of the whole, any lack of spiritual gifts. No lack. This was a quote that I really liked. Um, this is one of our textbooks, The Holy Spirit and Spiritual Gifts by Max Turner. And he says, the Spirit comes as the driving power to mission and witness impelling the gospel from Jordan to Jerusalem and there, now in the period of the church, to the ends of the earth. So do you see from the Old Testament, those saints of old, the Holy Spirit would come, enable them to do something, and then the Holy Spirit was gone. Now with David, he remained, but I don't believe he indwelled like he indwells us because David said, you know, where can I flee from your spirit? Um, oh no, I'm thinking in Psalm 51, David says, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Mm-hmm, I got it right. And so then we see Jesus, the Holy Spirit came and remained, rested upon him. And then now after Pentecost, the Holy Spirit isn't just temporary or sporadic or occasional. It isn't just a continuous presence. The Holy Spirit lives in us. Hey, sweetie. Lives in us. What does that mean for us? When you think of all the gifts of the Spirit, they're all available to you. Now, that, that hurts my brain sometimes. That hurts my brain. But, you know, I've shared openly before that sometimes I struggle with having faith. So now I'm just praying for the gift of faith. God, if, I don't, if my little measure of faith is small, give me the gift of faith. Give me the supernatural gift of faith because I need more than what I have. And when that supernatural gift of faith comes, I just become a wild woman. You know? It's a supernatural thing. It's not sweet little church lady Lisa. It's the gift of faith. And it, it can, those, those spiritual gifts can just set you on fire. You can't do this walk without them. You'll get, well, the other night I was getting beat up in the bed at 5.30, not even having dinner with my husband until at two in the morning. Oh, no, 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 not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. I spoke, grace, 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 grace. I had to fight my way through. And it's the same with you. Those things that you're facing in your life, you can't do it without Holy Spirit. You can't do it with that empowering, indwelling presence. It's there. 
You might need to get on your face and say, more Holy Spirit, fill me all the way up. And he'll say, are you willing to let go of this, this, and this? Okay, come Holy Spirit. There's some surrender involved. It may be that, that you've never walked in the power of the Holy Spirit like, like I'm explaining to you. And if that's the case, after Pastor Tom does communion, there's gonna be an opportunity for impartation, right? Amen. Yeah, so we're gonna have people that will pray for you. We all need more of Holy Spirit. The goal is to be like Jesus who could not feel the lack of any spiritual gift. He knew it was all there, all there all the time. He knew it was there. So do we know a little bit more about the Holy Spirit today? Yes, yes. yes because that's my goal, is to help you know who it is that lives in you and what a gift that since Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is no longer temporary or occasional or sporadic. The Holy Spirit is permanent, teaching you everything Jesus said, guiding you into all truth, making you like Jesus, so that he can empower you to walk out the mission for your life. Amen? Praise the Lord.